Good morning, and welcome to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. With the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense, you need a source you can trust. FBI retired Special Agent Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. This is the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. I am your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And as always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you're listening to this on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, or X, where I also post it uh, individually, uh, it'd be great if you could just jump over to your favorite podcast platform and just hit subscribe. Don't expect everyone to listen to every episode, but uh, the, if you subscribe, it just does better for the uh, podcast algorithm fairies out there. So feel free to do so if you you're so inclined, but you know, no requirement, no, no pressure, no pressure. All right. Six articles today. Uh, one is a follow-up to the, let's go to the first one, the follow-up to the lockpit stuff we've been reporting on all week. This is from securityaffairs.com. And if this is more for the hackers of us listening, which probably not a whole lot, but if you know, if you know your favorite hacker, the U.S. government is offering a reward of up to $15 million for information on LockBit gang members and affiliates. The U.S. Department of State is offering a reward of up to $15 million for information leading to the identification or location of members of the LockBit ransomware gang and their affiliates. Quote, the State Department or the Department of State is announcing reward offers totaling up to $15 million for information leading to the arrest and or conviction of any individual participating in a LockBit ransomware variant attack or for information leading to the identification and or location of any key leaders of the ransomware group, said a press release published by the Department of State. According to the press release published by the Department of State, the LockBit ransomware operators carried out over 2,000 attacks against victims worldwide since January 2020. That is pretty prolific. LockBit ransomware attacks have resulted in ransom payments exceeding $144 million for recovery. That's known um, known recovery. There's a lot that probably is not being reported because people don't always report when they've been hacked. No, oh, sorry for the blank. I had to sneeze real quick. Um, so again, if you want more information on this or you know any LockBit people, go collect that fee right now. So again, the, the, the war between LockBit and the U.S. government and probably other governments worldwide will continue on. It's an interesting story to watch simply because of the depth and breadth at which the government and Europol and the U.K., uh, attack this particular group. It'll be interesting to watch over the course of the next couple months how LockBit re rise if they reform under a different name, if they release other tools, and how importantly, most importantly, how other ransomware gangs deal with this, right? Because this is targeting one group. There are dozens of others, and they're going to learn from what happened to LockBit and take means to protect their infrastructure so it doesn't happen to them. Again, how in the question, I, I was on Newsmax today talking about this particular case, and, and the question was, how did they how did they get the information? It's really one of two ways. Either they use a uh, something like the NSA or the UK's uh, GCHQ, which is equivalent somewhat to the NSA, to infiltrate the network infrastructure structure of LockBit or they had a source. They had someone within the group who was giving up information. It's one of those two things. I would assume it was human intelligence because that's the best intelligence. Um, but here we are. So uh, it'd be interesting to see again as we go forward how this all shakes out. Darkreading.com, critical vulnerability in VMware vSphere plugin allows session hijacking. Uh, Elizabeth Montabano reporting, admins are urged to remove vSphere's vulnerable enhanced authentication plugin, which was discontinued nearly three years ago, but still in widely use. So this, is, this highlights a problem problem with software is when it stops being supported as new vulnerabilities are found, bad guys can utilize it for those entities that continue to use it. So if you are in many organizations use VMware and have this plugin active, 
turn it off. But anyway, VMware is urging network administrators to remove an out-of-date plugin for its vSphere, which has two flaws, one of them critical, that can allow attackers with access to a Windows client system to hijack cloud computing sessions. VMware this week released a security advisory addressing the flaws, one tracked as CVE 2024-22245 with a severity rating of 9.6, and one tracked as CVE 2024-22250 with a severity rating of 7.8, which are found in VMware Enhanced Authentication Plugin, or EAP. EAP makes it easy to sign into vSphere's management interfaces via integrated Windows authentication and Windows-based smart card functionality on Windows client systems, according to a blog post. So essentially, if you are an IT uh, professional and you're using this particular piece of software, turn off this particular critical plugin. Otherwise, you are vulnerable to attack. And this just highlights the need for companies to be have an intelligence capability to, to, to know all these things, right? To figure out when these vulnerabilities come up. And, and the problem is most small companies may be utilizing VMware and they just don't have the personnel in place to watch all of this stuff and be aware of it because it comes so fast and furious because there's so many vulnerabilities found because software is not created with security in mind. It is what it is. Cyberscoop.com, AJ Vicenz reporting, leaked documents show how the, a firm supports Chinese hacking operations. That I'll be honest with you, that headline got me to read into it. Documents that appear to belong to the offensive security firm iSoon provide a rare window into the world of Beijing's hacker for hire. A tranche of documents posted to GitHub five days ago reveals that Chinese contractors working to support Beijing's hacking operations are a lot like office drones everywhere, but with a twist. They complain about the low pay, gamble in the office, and also help to break into computer systems of foreign governments. Since this release over the weekend, the trove of documents from a Chinese offensive security company known as iSoon have stunned researchers who say the set of contracts, product manuals, and employee lists leaked online provides an unprecedented view of how private companies support China's increasingly aggressive hacking operations. Quote, the leak provides some of the most concrete details seen publicly to date, revealing the maturing nature of Chinese, China's cyber espionage ecosystem. Sentinel Labs Dakota Carey and Alexander Malinkowski wrote in an analysis of the leak. It shows explicitly how government tracking requirements drive a competitive marketplace of independent contractors. Uh, hackers for hire. Isoon is a private Chinese information security company that contracts with many Chinese government agencies, including the Ministry of Public Security, Ministry of State Security, and the People's Liberation Army, according to Kerry and Milinkowski. Alongside employees complaining about low pay and gambling over Mahjong in the office, the material appears to document the company's compromise of at least 14 governments, pro-democracy organizations, and Hong Kong universities in NATO. So this just highlights the depth, like breath again, I'm sorry, I'm using that same term twice in the one podcast, but whatever, of China. China's cyber espionage campaign. Not only, I mean, all of this is state sponsored and this just goes to show anybody who says, oh, we shouldn't worry about TikTok because they're independent. TikTok is just as bad as any of this. It's a little different how they do it, but they support the nation state's national security interest of China, whether you want to believe it or not. Uh, and so a good article. Go ahead and take a look at it. There's a little more of it if you want to read more. Bleepingcomputer.com, Bill Tolis reporting, hackers abuse Google Cloud Run in massive banking Trojan campaign. Security researchers are warning of hackers abusing the Google Cloud Run service to distribute massive volumes of banking Trojans like Asteroth, Mekodio, and Usaban. Google Cloud Run is 
lets users deploy front-end and back-end services, websites or applications, handle, handle workloads without the effort of managing an infrastructure or scaling. Cisco Talos researchers observed a massive uptick in the misuse of Google's service for malware distribution starting in September 2023 when Brazilian actors launched campaigns using MSI installer files to deploy malware payloads. The researchers report notes that Google Cloud Run has become attractive to cyber criminals lately due to its cost-effectiveness and ability to bypass standard security blocks and filters. The check starts with, you guessed it, phishing emails to potential victims crafted to appear as legitimate communications for invoices, financial statements, or messages from local government and tax agencies. The researchers say that most emails in the campaign are in Spanish since the target countries it target they, they target countries rather in Latin America, but there are also cases where the language used is Italian. So it's just a matter of time before this particular attack type expands out to other areas, and especially obviously U.S.-based companies. So something to be on the lookout for. Um, there's really not a whole lot here from a mitigation perspective, like how to protect it, but there is some information on the malware. Um, there's three banking trojans that are used. Each is designed to infiltrate systems stealthily, establish persistence, and exfiltrate financial data that can be used to take over banking accounts. So this is a typical banking trojan. Um, how you get around it is awareness, right? So being aware, don't click. It's spear phishing. Don't click on links and open attachments if you don't know who it comes from. It goes, I mean, this is simple, simple stuff. But again, we don't do the basics. And that's why bad stuff will happen. Hackernews.com. This is uh, cybersecurity for healthcare, diagnosing the threat landscape and prescribing solutions for recovery. I wanted to, to note this one simply to, to, to keep in the headlines that hospitals and health institutions are at great risk to cyber actors. On Thanksgiving Day 2023, while many Americans were celebrating, hospitals across the U.S. were doing quite the opposite. Systems were failing. Ambulances were diverted. Care was impaired. Hospitals in three states were hit by a ransomware attack. And in that moment, the real world repercussions came to light. It wasn't just the computer networks that were brought to a halt, but actual patient care itself. Cyber criminals are more brazen than ever. And that's the key part here, right? They don't care anymore. Cyber criminals used to kind of stay away from hospitals and healthcare. They don't care. They, if they can get money, they're going to come at you. So they target small Smaller healthcare organizations for big payouts. Sure, it'd be nice to believe thieves once lived by a code of conduct, and if one ever existed, it's been torn to shreds and tossed into the wind. Sophisticated hacker groups are now more than happy to launch cyber attacks on medical clinics, nursing homes, and other healthcare providers. Small to mid-sized healthcare organizations have, unfortunately, become vulnerable targets from which cyber criminals can easily steal sensitive data, extort heavy ransoms, and worst of all, diminish critical patient care. If you work in healthcare, everything you do is important. That's why the frequency by which healthcare organizations now come under attack is so concerning. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, there's been a 93% increase in large breaches from 2018 to 2022. In that same period, there's been a 278% increase in breaches involving ransomware. Ransomware doesn't just hold your pocketbook hostage, but your patient safety. And there's more, this, this goes into a little more detail on that. Um, but it, again, it's a good article to read, especially if you're in the healthcare world. Um, it's fairly lengthy and it talks about some things on how to, um, some simple solutions include security awareness training, multi-factor authentication, managed endpoint response, all the kind of stuff we talk about all the time. It's a simple stuff, right? But, you know, the fact that bad guys are being effective in hitting small and medium healthcare and really large healthcare facilities means that we're not doing the basics. So it needs to be reiterated. It needs to be used and it needs the leaders of these entities to recognize the problem and take means to protect their data and their employees. 
and their patients, honestly. So SEMagazine.com, ConnectWise exploit could spur ransomware free-for-all export expert work. Now, remember, LockBit was taken down, and it, uh, but again, like I even said, this doesn't mean ransomware stopping, so you still have to be persistent and understand that the ransomware threat's still there. A critical ConnectWise screen connect vulnerability that puts thousands of servers at risk of takeover is being actively exploited in the wild. ConnectWise released a security fix for Screen Connect 23.9.7 on Monday disclosing two vulnerabilities, including a critical bug with a maximum CVSS score of 10. The security bulletin was later updated with three IPs known for targeting the flaw. The critical flaw makes it trivial and embarrassingly easy to achieve authentication bypass and gain administrative access to a screen connect instance, according to researchers at Huntress. The second bug is a past traversal vulnerability that could allow a malicious screen connect extension to achieve remote code execution outside of its intended subdirectory. Now, what does this mean about ransomware? Let's see where they even talk about that. Um, interesting that they don't really kind of mention that, but I guess basically it means that the, the this particular exploit could have the ability for bad actors to take control of the endpoints and then they would they would download ransomware and bad things would happen. So uh, it does say with each screen connect instance serving potentially hundreds of thousands of endpoints, um, one of the vulnerabilities could set the stage for a major supply chain attack, not unlike the Move It hack by the Clop ransomware group that affected more than 2,500 organizations since May 2023. So interesting, right? Because let's go back to Lockbit. They impacted 2,000 victims over the course of four years. Clop has been 2,500 since May of last year. So, um, you know, pick your poison, but ransomware is still a bad thing. And this is just one more exploit that could utilize bad guys could be utilizing to do that kind of thing. So you got to stay, we have to stay vigilant, be aware, aware of these threats so you can assess your risk and do the right thing. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast, to listen to my pontifications, my opinions on all of these things. Uh, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. As always, if you have questions or comments, feel free to email me. You can find me on LinkedIn. Communicate with me there if you're so inclined. Know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk. Proceed wisely. Thanks so much for listening, for downloading. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with Op-Ed Friday. CyberSmart Morning News is written and produced by CyberGuy Productions. Feel free to email thoughts, comments, or suggestions to Darren at thecyberguy.com or follow Darren on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Darren Mott. Thanks for listening.